y'all welcome back to your mother's book club podcast and today we're going to be discussing the myth of sisyphus by albert camus and that was written in 1942 it is a nobel prize winning book which was originally written in french but it was translated to english in 1955 i'm karen and i'm joined tonight by angela brenda and i brought a special guest with me tonight her husband daryl Guys, I almost didn't make it, I won't lie. Last night, Jimmy didn't want to sleep during my nightly Kindle time. Ugh, Jimmy knows he can't interrupt me, but he did. It's just so unbelievable. Does everyone have their coffee this morning? Yes. Of course. Okay, so first topic on the list. Why in the heck did he write this book? So, Camus was born on November 7th in 1913 in Algeria. Oh, you know how angry and emotionally unstable those Scorpios can be. OMG, I just can't. It makes so much more sense now. Oh my gosh, yeah, Scorpios can be all of that sometimes. Jimmy's a Scorpio too. Maybe that's why he gets so angry and bothers me about my independent Kindle reading time. Okay, ladies, let's not get too riled up. Back to our talk. Albert Camus was a French-Algerian philosopher who is known for being involved in Algerian and French politics, specifically those regarding communist parties. He sounds like an anti-colonialist. I already don't like him. I love the government system. Wait, but don't write him off too fast. He was anti-Nazi. In fact, during World War II, Camus joined the French resistance to help end the Nazi reign. Besides, he did, win his, he did win his first Nobel Prize by the age of 44 with this book, which is also very impressive. I heard it was rumored that he himself struggled with mental illness. Maybe that could explain his dark views on life and his anti-religion rhetoric. I heard that too. We'll jump into some general discussion when we get back from this commercial break. Has your mental health been struggling during the pandemic? Too scared to leave the house to see a therapist in person? Better Tomorrow is here to help you. Better Tomorrow is an online therapy resource, bringing a licensed therapist to the comfort of your own home via call or video chat. It's a little bit ironic that we have a sponsor this week, considering we're talking about a very dark book in the context of mental health. But it brings up the important point that we do need to bind together during these tough times and just in general. For more information or to book your first session, please go to BetterHealth.com. Thank you. So before we jump into our big topics and takeaways from the rather interesting book by Camus, we want to talk about the book as a whole. Yes, yeah, so Angela touched on a little before. Camus wrote this book in order to depict what drives people to seeing suicide as the only option by using widely ambiguous and contradictory claims. I completely agree with Daryl. He constantly debated whether or not life had meaning or if people should commit suicide because life has no meaning. Did you see on page 49 when Camus said, It is the only sin of which the absurd man can feel it constitutes both his guilt and his innocence. Karen, oh my gosh, I thought that was a really powerful quote too. I thought it was unique how Camus attempted to bridge the discomfort that comes from the disconnect between what we think in our heads and what we say or do. 
And I think that's what really drives the idea of absurdity. This idea that we're all struggling with invisible things, but we put on some sort of show for the world. And the idea that we can never fully understand what Camus would call our irrational world. Also, did y'all notice how he never mentions the words mental illness or depression in all of his talk about suicide, but he has this horrible habit of overusing the word absurd. I actually took an absurdity tally and Camus said it over a hundred times. Wow, that's really crazy. I also thought he may have been overusing that word, but I didn't know it was that much. Another main claim of the book was the idea of Don Juanism, which really encaptured a lot from how we are all we are all acting to an extent to all dating habits and their influence on one's life. Ugh, don't even get me started on Don Juan. I mean, I guess the whole acting theme was influential, but the dating thing really grinded my gears. How can we let our kids read this? I agree. We'll touch more on this later, but I think the quote from page 76, it is on the melatonin that and radiant image that the curtain must be rung down. The ultimate end is negligible. Wow, Angela, that's really ominous, although it is really representative of Camus' tone throughout the whole book. Right? Camus has a dark and pessimistic view on life in general. He loved to claim that suicide is the only option to absurdity. Such a horrible message. Some of his claims were logical, like when he discussed our different personas on, the pa- on page 90, when he said they merely represent a style of life. The lover, the actor, or the adventurer plays the absurd. And when he briefly hinted at the slight bravery of those who depict mental health and absurdity in art. Yes, like when he said there is thus a metaphysical honor in enduring the world's absurdity. As if that was the only time he gave any credit or slightly showed empathy to those struggling with mental health. I also thought it was interesting how he used a lot of logos, but to me, a lot of the weight of his argument was lost after his failure to build ethos. I completely agree. To me, building ethos through showing a deepened sense of empathy is crucial for a book, specifically about suicide, to be meaningful and accurate to me. He really lost me when he said, God is perhaps full of hatred and hateful, incomprehensible and contradictory on page 34. That's like inverse ethos if you ask me. Why would someone believe an argument from an author that discredits and pulverizes their religious beliefs? I thought his cumulative references to the Greek myth of Sisyphus was cool. Sisyphus was a myth in which he was punished by Zeus to forever push a boulder up a hill, but it's representative of how we all must accept our failures and struggles in life, but we all must accept our fate and keep pushing to reach our full potential. I don't know. His one good example of logos and being convincing doesn't really excuse his harmful messages. Why would I accept his arguments if he bullied my personal beliefs? That's enough overall talk. Let's move on to more things we don't like. Ladies and Daryl, of course, let me just say I am offended, and I mean offended, by Camus' attacks on Christianity. I agree. It was just so disgusting. Is that what we want our kids to be learning? I don't want my children reading on page 37 where Camus says his childhood having been so frightened by Christianity, he ultimately returns to its harshest aspect. Christianity is the scandal. We should really get that Nobel Prize taken away. Nobody should get away with what he said. Our religion is more important than he will ever be. 
I agree with you, ladies. He really needs to get it together. Maybe there happens to be a reason why none of us have to debate the meaning of life and whether or not we should live it. I wouldn't want my kids to grow up having read a book that told them their religion is wrong. But before we move on from that quote, I did want to say, while I strongly agree with it, I thought Camus incorporated good diction in the words frightened and harshest. Yeah, he does have good diction, but his message is overall terrible. He gave such a negative connotation to Christianity, and that goes against everything I agree with. He did, but also not everyone is religious. His audience was probably people who would agree with his position, and religion was pointless, and not those who are religious. Before one of these messages from our sponsor, here is a disclaimer. The club is being supported by a sponsor that contradicts their position because of Camus' contradictory positions and statements. Are you in a committed relationship, but you need more? You are better than just one person. Join Committed But Single today to take away the boredom of having a single partner. You should never restrict yourself to one person. Follow in the footsteps of Don Juan. Okay, guys, so back to the discussion. Camus really seemed to endorse the concept of Don Juan never committing to one person and having multiple mistresses. He recognizes that Don Juan is an ordinary seducer on page 72, but backs it up by trying to shift the focus to say that it isn't bad. Again, what is it with this guy and his terrible messages? Our lovely sponsors seem to have no problem with it either. Unbelievable. Yep. He said on page 69 that is that it is not through lack of love that Don Juan goes from woman to woman, but it is indeed because he loves them with the same passion in each time of his whole self that he must repeat his gift. Yeah, later he even says that this guy leaves woman and gets new ones because he, quote, desires another. What is this telling people who read it? I'm not raising little Jimmy to be a seducer. I hate this Camus guy. This is appalling and offensive. Can we please stop talking about his terrible messages? I think it's having a bad influence on me, and it's making me feel absurd. We are here today with a special guest. He translated this book from French, and his name is Justin O'Brien. Salut, je m'appelle Justin O'Brien. Je traduis le livre, la métissif. Bienvenue and welcome to your mother's book club. For our English listeners, Mr. O'Brien was just telling us how he translated the book from French to English. Some of y'all be, may be wondering how we have our special guest here today, considering he died 53 years ago. But what can I say? We have really good connections in the book industry. Yes, thank you for so much for having me. So, my first question is, how were you able to not lo lose the book's meaning in translation? We both speak both languages and know how hard it is to translate philosophical and deeper text. So, what's your secret? I studied French since I was little, and I went to Harvard to major in law. I feel like that helped me a lot because I could easily figure out the message of the book and translate it without losing the, losing the 
method. I also think that the book was truly phenomenally written. Its messages were so profound that it was simply impossible to make them meek in translation. That sounds great. It's really interesting how you majored in law, but ended up being a translator who won a fellowship for humanities. My second question is, why did you choose to translate the myth of Sisyphus instead of another French book? When I first read Myth of Sisyphus, I was intrigued. I was at a low point in my life when I read it, and it helped me greatly understand the meaning of life. So I felt like translating this book so the rest of the world can read it and hopefully it can help them. I was also intrigued by this book when I read it. Thank you for translating it for all of us to read, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, have for having my ghost. Our next sponsor is one we're all super excited about. Sisyphus Coffee is, in, is a brand new coffee company made specifically for the absurd. Feeling down? Spending a lot of time contemplating the moment in which life stops being worth living? Sisyphus Coffee has got your back. With everything from espresso beans to cold brew steeping bags, Sisyphus Coffee will ship directly to your house. I am currently trying their new Don Juan Roast, and I must say it is truly absurd. This company is truly perfect for those late nights of existentialism, so hurry up and order something today. So I think it's a little crazy how relevant some of the words are today, even with how all over the place his ideas were presented. I think they are less relevant but more interesting to see how people um, went about discussing mental health as absurdity because there was still a stigma, stigma and shame in bad mental health today. In the book, Albert Camus discussed the norms and ways in which people with mental health were treated, but it's so awful to think that's the same battle we're having today. I completely agree with you, Karen. In fact, Jimmy just had an incident at school where one of his friends tried to create a suicide prevention and mental health advocacy club, and they were dismissed and written off. It's so disappointing, and we all need to change to create a positive environment for those suffering with mental health problems. Especially during this pandemic, I wouldn't recommend this book to anyone that's suffering because it may have a negative effect and influence them to choose that life is not worth living. Throughout this pandemic, suicide rates have gone up. This is a result of social isolation and not having enough resources available to those in need. Albert also discusses the meaninglessness of life and how religion is absurd. I think that Camus was concerned with hope and what that might do to someone if they lost hope or didn't have the outcome that they were expecting. I wonder why he's so anti-religion. It gives truly so much meaning to life. I think Albert Camus was so anti-religion because he lost faith because he himself was mentally ill. It's hard to remain faithful when you are struggling and aren't seeing any positive results, which is relevant with today's rising numbers of people with anxiety and depression. I mean, I guess I understand that, but religion allows for people to have a conscience. Most people nowadays are religious, and it allows for good Samaritans, which is honestly so great. So to conclude, we want to give our notorious rating to the book and give our final impressions. 
I'm going to have to give this book a 3 out of 10. The harmful messages can really be taken out of context and be destructive to the modern reader who may be struggling. I completely agree with that 3 out of 10. I would never want my little Jimmy getting his hands on this. Karen, Brenda, do we agree? Yup. Although it had a few moments of empathy, in my opinion, a more realistic view of what mental illness is, it really doesn't override the helpless themes and that suicide is the only option. I agree. I simply would not recommend this book, and its values are not in alignment with the current movements to destigmatize mental health and not harass those who are struggling. Yeah, I guess 1942 was just a different time. I would never hear anyone persuading the exact degree to which suicide is a solution to the absurd that Camus said right off the bat in page 6. I mean, maybe I would recommend this book to someone who is mentally strong and who will take the book with a grain of salt. It was definitely a book that makes you think and is difficult, so if someone is up for the challenge. Yeah, it definitely is not a good read for those struggling who will take this book to heart. It's overly pessimistic and harmful. The messages do not lead to a positive outlook on life. It's crazy how so many things change. Anyways, please run away from this horrible book. Well, guys, that's all we have for you today for the myth of Sisyphus. We hope you enjoy our review and definitely do not make the same mistake of reading this book that we did. And a special thank you to Brenda's husband, Daryl, for joining our discussion this week. Thanks for having me, guys. Remember to come back next week for a new book review and a special guest. And another special thanks to Justin O'Brien for coming and sharing some wisdom. Thank you all for listening, and remember to check back next week for a new episode of your Mother's Book Club.